Ladies and gentlemen, some of you people are assholes. Remember last episode when I said that if you give me a one-star review, I would read it? Yeah, lesson learned. Canadian statist, who even went so far as to put fake pronouns in the review, had this to say. <clears throat> this is not 22 minutes. I love the CBC and needed even more mind-numbing government-subsidized propaganda in my life. I was so excited to find this podcast because 22 Minutes has always reinforced my echo chamber with lame jokes and made me feel like a good person for continuing to vote for Justin Trudeau. But this podcast contains way too much reality and it hurts my head to hear the truth. This is not 22 Minutes, people. This might genuinely make you think and even worse, it might actually make you laugh. And you know what? This was my fault. I'll own it. I was practically asking for something like this. I'm glad you're liking this Canadian statist. And because you left a one-star review, you got to hear me talking about you on my fucking show, you dick. And now, your number one source for what's happening in Canada today. From the mind that brought you 222 minutes, this is my 222 cents. Three, two... One. So I had an interesting thing happen to me last week. I went to Burger King. Being a fan of them in general, but not particularly up on the nomenclature, I ordered their new Impossible Whopper. After taking the first bite, I realized that this Impossible Burger wasn't some awesome conglomerate of all things fire roasted. It was a fucking veggie burger. I felt betrayed. Look. If you want to have these fucking idiotic travesties on your menu, that's cool. But if you need to hide what they are to get people to eat them, that should tell you everything you need to know about how delicious they aren't. I'm going to take the high road, though. I'm not going to let this bother me. Another interesting thing happened last week. Some abortional outtake who writes for the Toronto Star wrote an article about how we need to cancel Canada Day. Then she got attacked on Twitter in the same way that veggie burgers do not. Anyway, this woman named Shira Lurie tweeted about how the trolls were out and how the block button is medicine for her. I decided to respond and for no discernible reason, I took the high road. I said, I didn't read it and I don't care, but maybe if there's a lot of people thinking your opinion sucks, it might be worth setting aside a moment or two for self-reflection. Be well. This idiotic cat lady in training, who, for the record, is both an idiotic cat lady in training and an abortional outtake, blocked me. Now, this was happening at the same time that the CBC inadvertently created their own shitstorm with them at the eye of it where there's no wind and all the stray fecal matter drifts slowly down like winter's first snow. They announced last week that they will be turning off all Facebook comments on their articles because the comments are attacking their journalists too much and that their mental health is, quote, too fragile to allow public commentary. They also said that these comments were especially bad for women and journalists of color without backing that data up in any way. Of course, that begs the obvious question, how could it possibly be any other way given that those are the only people CBC hires? Newsflash news folks, your biased journalism disproportionately affects women and people of color. And listen, 
This isn't public commentary. This is vocational feedback from the people who literally pay your bills. At what point do you have a principal Skinner moment and decide that it's the children who are out of touch? Yeah, it's one thing if you're standing up for what you believe in facing the entire world like you're Captain America in every Captain America movie Captain America has ever starred in. But it's something entirely different if you're the only person in the room who doesn't realize that you're being a jackass. Raylan Givens once said, if you run into an asshole first thing in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you run into assholes all day long, you're the asshole. And let's be honest here, folks. The CBC runs into more assholes than a proctologist's last knuckle. Catherine Tate, the president of CBC who, I'm not even joking, lives in New York, wrote an op-ed in the Toronto Star in January where she said that, quote, for journalists, there is no more important issue than the ability to report without fear of reprisal. And this, folks, is what we call a very loose interpretation. Yes, absolutely. Journalists need to be free to report on events without worrying about things like going to jail or being beheaded. This is going to sound racist, but you can't do things the way they do in China, Turkey, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, or Iran, where they have between themselves exactly 150 journalists rotting in jail as of December 15th of last year. And if you can guess which one holds almost a third of them, you'll win this shiny new coronavirus. So while journalists absolutely need to be free to do their jobs without worrying about whether or not they're going to end up in a cage beside a bunch of Uyghur prisoners and a couple Canadians, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be accountable to their customers or their employers. And for the CBC, we Canadians are both. If the repercussions you're facing are a bunch of people not buying what you're selling and demanding that you do better with the obscene piles of cash so large that the electronic transfers alone have their own carbon footprint, you've got it pretty good. And if you disagree, there are exactly 47 journalists in China who will gladly trade places with you, you entitled asshole. I've talked about these goofs here before and how they have a monetary incentive to support the liberals that is so strong it takes away any hope of objectivity, but other people are starting to call them out as well. And yeah, for the record, I'm in no way a trailblazer here, but it makes a handy segue. Pierre Polyev said that the CBC should just move into the Prime Minister's communication office. Alan Fryer, who has worked all around the world for Canadian media, including the CBC, called them out publicly for their slanted coverage of Green Leader Annamie Paul when she called out Trudeau for being a fake feminist. The CBC National had the Green Party implosion as their lead story and didn't even include Ms. Paul's calling out of the leader of the party who sniped one of their MPs. Anyone who's had the unfortunate occurrence of seeing a CBC news clip lately knows that Rosemary Barton is starting to look an awful lot like an offensive lineman. And that's because she's constantly running protection. In fact, she's taken a lot of heat on Twitter over the past few months because she's taken to verbatim quotes from the Prime Minister. When called out on it, she claimed she wasn't biased because she was reporting on what he said. But here's the thing you don't realize, Rosie. When you report on obviously untrue statements without acknowledging their absurdity, you have literally become a paid cheerleader for the Liberal Party. And I don't want to sound like a difficult boss, but this is not what I pay you for, you fucking dipshit. 
This isn't an angry mob of extremist trolls. These are the people who pay your salaries and they're pissed that in a year where their income has taken a bigger shit kicking than the World Health Organization's credibility, you're continuing to unapologetically use the pretense of public service to peddle personal agendas, mislead by omission, and ham-fist attempts to guide the beliefs of our nation. And that may be harder to swallow than a veggie burger you got tricked into ordering, but that doesn't make it any less true. No one likes you anymore. Very few people even listen to what you have to say, and most of them will die of old age very soon. Your news viewership is 240,000 across 27 stations nationwide. That's less than 1% of the population. Well, you know what, CBC? We are the 99%. The supposed mandate of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation is to inform, enlighten, and entertain, to contribute to the development of a shared national consciousness and identity, to reflect the regional and cultural diversity of Canada, and to contribute to the development of Canadian talent and culture. Maybe it's time we started asking if A, the $1.3 billion we spend on it annually is doing a good job of achieving those goals. Two, if there may be better ways to allocate those funds. And D, if the current pay structure might possibly go against those ideals. Because I'm telling you now that I could make a channel that played the log driver's waltz on repeat and it would be more popular than anything the CBC brings to the table. Breaking news. Catherine McKenna has announced that she will not be seeking re-election and will be resigning in disgrace. While there wasn't a single explosive event, the rampant issue, World Penguin Day, a litany of demonstrably false statements about climate change and renewables like when she lied about Calgary Transit being 100% wind-powered, the photo op of her biking in high heels, the photo op of her fishing with no line on the rod and holding it how Harry Potter holds a magic wand, the photo op of her snowshoeing on a clean sidewalk, calling herself the minister responsible for weather, thinking the 2018 Winter Olympics were being held in North Korea, arguing against herself about differences between weather and climate change, being caught at a cockfight and eating dog meat, tweeting about plastic pollution with a picture of glass bottles, praising Syria's murderous dictator, and drunkenly boasting that you can hoodwink people if you lie to them often and loudly enough, were all enough to ensure that she won't be able to hold her head high on her way out. I know I've been talking about this asshole a lot lately, but that's because he's the fucking worst. Whether you're some random asshole who rants on a podcast about how bad the government is, or some random asshole who coerces the women of our military into sleeping with you, Harjit Sejan is the gift that keeps on giving. Harjit Sejan was recently condemned by all other parties in Parliament in Parliament. The Liberals jumped at the chance to attempt to single out the Conservatives in this multi-party movement and condemn this as dirty politics. Look, Sejan and Trudeau knew about sexual misconduct in the military for literal years and swept it under the rug. The only things dirty here are the desks of our generals and admirals and the hands of every Liberal involved. Simply put, the commanding officers in our military should not be spending more time trying to get inside people than a duplicitous fast food bullshit carrot sandwich. Christia Freeland tweeted her support of Sejan, saying how proud of him she was. She said that she's seen him defend Canada's national interest time and again, 
at home and abroad. Christia, you cretinous diversity token in a revolving door of poorly fitted dresses and footwear. Instead of him defending the Canadian military from abroad, why doesn't he ever defend abroad from the Canadian military? Stupid people, the NDP and the Green Party occasionally try to float the idea that we shouldn't allow oil and gas because they're a dying industry or that we shouldn't approve a pipeline because it doesn't make economic sense. Here's the thing. First off, these aren't the kind of people you can get solid economic advice from in the first place, so they don't exactly have a lot of credibility when it comes to this stuff. Secondly, they see this as a war. This isn't some genial conversation where we can hash out a fair middle ground over a few beer. They want to see nothing less than the complete cessation of all natural resource extraction in places that aren't Africa. And while I'm no Sun Tzu, it seems to me that a good way to win a war is to let the other side wipe themselves out. If you really thought that a private company would lose billions of dollars making a pipeline nobody wants or needs, why in the supposedly dying industry fuck wouldn't you encourage them to do it? Not only that, but if a company went tits up on a pipeline, you'd be able to parade them around as testament to your infinite fucking knowledge of economics. It seems to me like it would be a great way to win. You know, kind of like how we love to point out every time socialism has been an unmitigated disaster, or how green technologies are incapable of being sustainably produced without government funding, or how every fast food chain rollout of vegetarian foodstuffs has been an abysmal failure. No matter how you cut it, leftists pushing the economic angle on natural resources does nothing except make them look even more stupid. Look, we all know the position of Governor General in Canada is a fucking joke. It's a has-been quasi-celebrity who collects an absolutely ungodly amount of money to rubber stamp a few ceremonial procedures and make occasional guest appearances. It comes with a stupefyingly large pension regardless of time served and makes everyone who pays for it fucking sick. And since Julie Payette resigned in disgrace, there's been a lot of talk about who to pick for it and what group they should come from. But the people trying to start these discussions are totally out of touch with how fed up everyone is with the fact that this job even exists in the first place. Some people have thrown out the idea of giving the job to someone in Western Canada, thinking that it'll bridge some of that East-West divide that Trudeau's are well known for and happens to be tearing the country apart at the moment. Just think about this for one fucking second. Western Canada's main problem with Confederation is that it's an endless money pit where the only satisfaction they glean from membership is purely symbolic. How fucking happy do you think Western Canada is going to be if you pick one of their own for a symbolic position with no real power and costs far too much money? You'd be making one of theirs the symbol of everything they hate about the federal government. You could almost say it'd be Trudeau spitting in their face except for the part where he'd be required to look them in the eye when it happened. And now some brainless idiot from the Toronto Star thinks that the best thing we could do is name someone indigenous to the role. Just think about that for one fucking second. You're going to take an entire race of people who are sick and tired of being paraded around as election props, you're going to pick one of them based entirely on their membership to that club, 
and you're going to give them a bullshit job where they'll be paraded around as an election prop? It's big brain diatribe like this that's why the Toronto Star wouldn't exist today without government bailout money. Now, knowing the Liberals, if they ever get around to picking someone, it'll also be a partisan choice. And believe it or not, that also won't sit well with the majority of Canadians. They'll try and just sneak it in like an ambiguously named veggie burger. Basically, we're in a situation where no matter who gets the nod, no one will be happy. So at this point, I gotta ask, why do we even bother? If you're in a no-win situation, what's the point of going through with it at all? Look, I get it. We don't always attract our best and brightest to politics. But at some point, you gotta ask yourself, is our House of Commons an impossible whopper? Because it's full of fucking vegetables. Fuck you, Burger King. Well, that's it for today. Special thanks to the Liberals for always giving me stuff to talk about. Make sure you're subscribing and getting notifications so you never miss an episode of my 222 vents. Fuck. Well, that's a typo.